Hey everyone, welcome to Moxie Moves Caregivers 911. Today's podcast episode is about Alzheimer's won't get worse if we don't talk about it. And I have a special guest for you today. Hey everyone, welcome to Moxie Moves Caregivers 911 podcast. Today I am interviewing the amazing Chloe. So let me tell you about Chloe. Chloe is a community relations coordinator for John Hopkins Alzheimer's Disease Research Center and serves as the secretary for the Memory and Aging Community Advisory Board, MACAB. She is an American Corps VISTA alumni and has strong ties to the greater Baltimore community. Chloe gained a bachelor's degree in health administration and policy from UMBC and most recently graduated with her master's in public health in a public health degree from Grand Canyon University. As a community relations coordinator for the RDRC, she conducts educational seminars on Alzheimer's disease, leads event planning, and creates community partnership to the presence of the research center. She has the passion for health education and linking people to the community services that they are in need of. Welcome, Chloe. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. I'm so excited to have you. Why didn't I just say macab for the board that she's on? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> no worries at all. Yes. All right, so my first question for you is, what is Alzheimer's disease? Yeah, so Alzheimer's disease is actually a memory disorder. So Alzheimer's in particular is the most common form of dementia. Um, And Alzheimer's disease in particular is caused by a toxic protein called amyloid. Mm -hmm. So when the toxic protein um, builds up in your brain, it causes what we call plaques and tangles. So plaques are the portion um, because it causes the amyloid literally eats holes within the brain so that's Mm -hmm. the plaques portion and then tangles um the amyloid attacks your brain cells which we call neurons it attacks the structure of the brain cells and it causes them to unravel so that's the tangles portion and because of these um, degenerations within the brain the person unfortunately um, has um, progressive memory loss and progressive memory issues yeah i agree with that Now, why shouldn't people ignore memory loss? That's a great question. Um, So honestly, and this has been something that um, recently, I would say in the last few years, people are more, I would say they're, they're more, they're opening the dialogue to have a conversation about memory loss and Alzheimer's in particular. Um, So the reason why you shouldn't ignore memory loss is because it's a progressive issue. No matter what you do or what medications you take or if you have um, different lifestyle changes, if the disease has already um, been diagnosed and has already begun, there's not really much that you can do to stop the progression of the disease or to stop it from occurring altogether. That's definitely something that we're looking into with different research studies for treatment. 
Um, so it's very, very important if you or someone you know is having any memory issues, it's very important to get checked by a specialist so you can see um, what's going on and also make the proper planning arrangements, whether that's financial care, end-of-life care, things of that nature, hospice care, um, so that you and your family can have the time that is needed to make those um, decisions and make that, those um, planning. Now, what age do you think it usually affects someone? And is it a bad thing if someone constantly forgetting where they're putting their keys, mm -hmm. if they're putting their keys in the refrigerator mm -hmm. and not at the front door when they come in maybe on a coffee table? Yeah, so those are definitely some signs and symptoms. Um, like I said earlier, if you're having any memory issues, it's very important to get checked by a specialist. And mm -hmm. I say a dementia specialist in particular because um, they can actually do different testing and let you know um, for sure if it is Alzheimer's or if it's something more treatable. Um, one of the most common um, issues that older adults in particular find, sorry, <laughs> find when they are um, experiencing memory loss issues is if it's a situation where the person um, wakes up the next day and they're really struggling with their memory, mm -hmm. that's usually linked to urinary tract infections. Mm -hmm. Also, depression could um, exhibit memory loss issues as well. So, and those things are both treatable as right. opposed to if you've been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. Mm -hmm. um, and also the signs and symptoms, it's really a situation where um, you have multiple signs and symptoms. So we actually do recommend if a person has um, three or more signs and symptoms of the 10 warning signs to get checked by a dementia specialist because, it, like I said, it could be um, Alzheimer's or it could be something more treatable. So some of those warning signs are, um, like you said, if you're losing your keys and it, they pop up in strange places, right. that's definitely a sign and symptom. Also, if you are... Um, in a familiar neighborhood, say you're driving in a familiar neighborhood, um, and you really, you have no idea where you're going, that's a sign and symptom. Um, another sign and symptom would be if you are um, retreating from social involvement. So say that you used to be a social butterfly, now you um, really, really want to just stay to yourself, that could be one of the signs and symptoms. Another big one is also visual issues as well, um, especially with driving. If you um, if you were driving and you keep bumping into um, the curb or something of that nature because you can't really gauge how far you are away from the curb, that's definitely a warning sign as well. So again, um, we do recommend if you're exhibiting three or more signs of the 10 signs, um, definitely get checked by a dementia specialist. Right, because your peripheral vision is off. Exactly. And my mm -hmm. friend's grandfather, um, they're not really uh, focusing on getting him treatment for it right now. And he went out driving and he forgot where he was. Mm. Yeah, that's They're ignoring definitely it. one mm -hmm. of the signs. Mm -hmm. All right, my next question. Why is it important to have an open conversation about Alzheimer's disease? So it's very important to speak about Alzheimer's disease because we there's a lot of things that we don't know mm -hmm. and when i say we i mean like medical professionals um and healthcare professionals there's there's a lot of components to the disease that is unknown 
Um, but what we do know can definitely be helpful towards for others who are experiencing any um, issues with their memory at all or who are even caregivers for a person who does have memory issues. So it's very important to um, start a dialogue just to educate people and let them know, hey, yes, um, this is a, a, a big issue going on, but you're not alone. Um, a lot of people feel like they're the only ones going through it at the time. And that's definitely um, linked back to the fact that we don't talk about Alzheimer's or mental illness as openly as we could. Um, of course, you have a lot of conversations about diseases like cancer, diabetes, things of that nature, other chronic illnesses. But like I said, when it comes to mental health, it's still um, a big taboo, especially in mm -hmm. our community as well, in our culture too. I agree with that also. I know um, when I was growing up in the 90s, I would wonder what was the meaning of senile? And now I know people associate senile being with Alzheimer's. And it's just one thing that our families do not talk about. And it's very important because we need to figure out what we can do to change this. Is it our eating habits? It has to be something with lifestyle, but if we don't talk about it, we won't find out what's the main source. Definitely, definitely. And I also think that a lot of people, um, they don't want to talk about it because they're, they don't want to name and claim that something mm -hmm. is wrong or they're afraid of the repercussions of letting other people know. Um, what I mean by that is if they um, speak to a family member or friend and let them know that they're having, um, they have dementia or they have Alzheimer's or um, memory loss issues in general, that person might start treating them different. And nobody wants to be treated differently and nobody wants to lose their independence, which unfortunately is another big component with mm -hmm. the progression of this disease in particular. Um, so again, I definitely feel that with that being said, um, it's very important to have that conversation so that everyone can be educated Yes. Um, and everyone can be on the same page as far as what needs to be to be done mm -hmm. um, for um, planning for that, that person who's, who has the disease. I agree 100%. What are the major signs and symptoms of Alzheimer's disease? Yeah, so... Um, Definitely, like I said earlier, um, forgetting where you are in a familiar neighborhood, um, those spatial issues, especially with driving or parking, things of that nature. Um, mood, mood changes, and when I say mood changes, I mean very erratic mood changes. Mm -hmm. um, for example, um, if a person was has a um, personality and they're very, very sweet and sociable, um, and now they're very angry and anxious. Mm -hmm. um, those are definitely polar opposites. Um, so that's something to look out for. Also, if they are um, having difficulties at work, say that they used to be able to um, write a budget or balance their checkbook or anything like that, and now they're having issues with it and they're really struggling, or they just have no idea how to do it anymore. Um, big changes such as those are um, the main warning signs and symptoms of the disease. So some of the signs that my grandmother that passed away in September 2019 showed how we noticed is she stopped wearing her bedroom slippers. She would go outside with her bare feet mm -hmm. and she was very modest. Mm -hmm. She was very prestigious as yeah. you would say. And um, another thing she would do, she wouldn't bathe anymore. It was a fight to get her to shower. Mm -hmm. And she actually let a rat in the house one time 
she had the door open mm-hmm. and she just let it in. I guess she thought it was a cat, but she wouldn't normally let a street yeah. cat in the house mm-hmm. and a rat got it and my family members had to help her get it out the house. So that was some of the early signs that we saw. She, it was normal things that she wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Those are fantastic um, examples of how mm-hmm. a person can um, change over that period of time with the disease, definitely. All right, my next question. What should someone do if they notice their loved one is showing early signs of Alzheimer's? So definitely um, get checked by a specialist. And there are um, multiple different dementia specialists in the state of Maryland, actually for the whole country. Um, But there are many different specialists that you can go to within the state of Maryland. And also the Alzheimer's Association, they have a really great resource. Um, They have a list of different dementia specialists that is that is broken down into county. Um, so if in the case that you wanted to go to one particular place but they're overbooked and there's a waiting period, um, you can definitely um, reach out to them and get that list and call up other specialists in your area so that you can get checked. Um, also, the Alzheimer's Association, um, they have a lot of other great um, educational resources mm-hmm. as well. So you can either, um, I would recommend going on their website and just scrolling through all the information that they have. It's really, really great information to know, um, not just if you're a caregiver, but if you're experiencing the disease um, at all stages of the disease as well. I would definitely recommend reaching out to them. Um, Also, I would definitely recommend if you're a caregiver, find a support group because it's, it's really helpful to be able to um, make relationships with other people who are, of course, everyone's situation is different mm-hmm. um, and unique, but um, it's very important to, it's very helpful to have conversations and make relationships with other people that are in a similar situation to yours. Um, and of course, it might be a situation where you're at a support group and um, a speaker comes in or you're speaking to um, someone in that support group and they give you a, a great resource to mm-hmm. a service that you had no idea was available. Um, so I, like I said, I would definitely recommend being a part of a support group. And also they do, now that technology has advanced, they do have um, support groups that meet over the phone uh-huh. and support groups that meet through Facebook or online. So you don't necessarily have to do the traditional in-person support group um, if that doesn't really fit with your schedule. And I would definitely suggest also um, doing some research on different community um, resources in your area that you might want to take advantage of. Uh, Maryland Access Point is a really great organization or a really great program. And um, the Department of Aging, they have a lot of really great resources Mm -hmm. as well. I agree. I was just about to say if the person's not able to get out the house and they have a strict schedule, maybe doing an online support group. I'm a part of two online support groups on Facebook, so I can send those to you on the link at the end of this podcast. All right, so my next question. What community community resources are out there to provide help to people with Alzheimer's and dementia caregivers? Yeah, um, so of course it depends on what state you're in Mm -hmm. and what county as well. Um, 
but most states and counties have a lot of really great resources for um, for people with Alzheimer's like in the mid or later stages. Um, at that point, um, you might have to put your loved one in an assisted living facility or nursing home. Um, so there are a lot of great resources and a lot of connections um, that you can get so that you can have a discussion with um, a consultant and make the right decision for your loved one for their specific needs. Um, there's also um, community resources for people in the case that they want to stay home as much as possible for or as long as possible. There are a lot of other great resources where a person can reach out and get services in their home. So um, home health care um, and also if it's a situation where the person, say the person has a lot of um, slips and falls and you wanna make sure that their home is, um, make sure that their home has the necessary tools in it to make right. sure that they're not slipping and falling. Um, there's a lot of really great organizations who are, some actually are nonprofit organizations who come out and they do an assessment of the person's home mm -hmm. and they make um, different construction um, changes to the person's home as far as if the person needs a ramp um, to get in and out of the car or if the person needs um, bars in the bathroom so that or in the shower or anything like that so that they have something to hold mm -hmm. on to if things get a little slippery. Um, making sure that the person or the caregiver is um, aware that of all the hazards in the home things of that nature there's a lot of there's a whole lot of resources and again the alzheimer's association they do a wonderful job of connecting um, caregivers and also people struggling with the disease um, with different resources and i also um want to say that they do have a 24-7 helpline, the Alzheimer's Association, they do have a 24-7 helpline. So when you call them, you'll get a um, person, a live person, you'll never get a computer or an answering machine. And um, you can call them any time of the day or night, weekend, doesn't matter. They're always there. Um, when you get in touch with them, you'll actually speak with a um, social worker and just explain the situation and then they can mm -hmm. actually give you resources to um, any referrals that you might be in need of. Um, so that number to call is 1-800-272-3900. And that is the um, phone number for the Alzheimer's Association's 24-7 helpline. So I definitely would recommend reaching out to them as well. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Isn't Aging in Place one of the nonprofits that come yep. out to assess? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, um, I know in Baltimore City, and I believe they have it in Baltimore County as well, um, with Civic Works, with the Department oh, of yes, Civic Works, they, they have an organization called Hubs, okay. which is housing upgrades for seniors. So they um, can actually come out and do a free assessment and give um, information on what needs to be done, and they can also refer you to other services that the person might be in need of as well. Um, and then there's also another organization um, I can't remember the name of it, actually. I'll have to look it up for you. But there's another organization in Baltimore County that actually provides um, free mental health counseling for mm -hmm. caregivers. Um, or if you're 
loved one who um, has dementia just passed away, they also give grief counseling as well. So that might be a really good source for mm -hmm. someone as well because mental health is very important and oftentimes, um, especially for caregiving, it's very, very hard right. to maintain your own health, especially mental health. Um, so that's, like I said, I'll definitely um, look it up for you and I can send you more information about that. Yes, grief counseling is very important because they're grieving before they even pass mm -hmm. and yeah. when they pass because definitely. you feel like, okay, I'm slowly losing this person mm -hmm. as time goes on. Yeah, yeah, it's very sad and it's very hard to see the drastic change. Yes. Um, I know everyone um, says once an adult, twice a child but especially in this situation for Alzheimer's disease, it's very, it's a very progressive and saddening disease um, because a person loses their functioning, they lose their mobility, they lose, there's a lot of loss mm -hmm. involved with this kind of disease. So um, yeah, mental health um, counseling and resources is it's very, very important, especially if you're a caregiver. Yeah, you can never prepare yourself enough. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. My next question, why is it important to participate in a research study? So, um, like I said earlier, there's a lot of things that we don't know mm -hmm. about Alzheimer's disease or dementia in particular. Um, so that's why we're doing research studies and we're doing, we have actually Johns Hopkins in particular and many other research facilities have um, a, a very diverse array of different research studies. So um, when, when people think of research, they automatically think of clinical trials, which are the mm -hmm. drug trials. Um, so those are definitely important because we do need to find better treatments for the disease. And we also are looking um, to find a cure for the disease as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also important to be involved in other studies as well. Um, Johns Hopkins has imaging studies. We have um, dietary studies, um, lifestyle change studies. We have observational studies. So it's not just the typical clinical drug trial. Um, and it's, it's important to get involved in these things because the more people that are involved, the more that will know about the disease. And unfortunately, because of... Um, past injustices, um, especially with the African-American community um, and also the American, um, or sorry, Alaskan Native, um, Native American uh, community. There's a lot of distrust in the system, which totally makes sense because of um, issues like Harrietta Lacks, uh, sorry, Henrietta Lacks, um, the Tuskegee syphilis experiment, things of that nature. Um, it definitely makes sense as to why there's hesitation, but on top of that, I think it's very important to understand that there are systems put in place now so that those things never happen again. And also, um, it's very important to have a diverse, um, ethnically diverse population involved in research because right now, um, unfortunately, because of the injustices and the resistance and things of that nature, um, typically the people that are involved in research are Caucasian, mm -hmm. um, more so Caucasian men. Um, and this is really a disease that affects everyone and affects African-Americans and also Latinos more than anyone else. Mm -hmm. So again, it's very important to have that diversity in the amount of people that are participating in research studies because the disease affects every um, ethnic um, 
group in a slightly different way. And right now, because we only, for the most part, have um, people of Caucasian descent um, being involved in studies, we're, we're not getting all the information that we need so that we can make better treatments and make better informed decisions for care and things of that nature. So that's why it's very important to be involved in a study. I agree. Now, if someone wants to get more involved in the study, mm -hmm. to be a part of the research, how can they get involved? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there are a few different ways. There's actually a brain registry um, that you can sign up for that will actually, um, once you sign up for it, it'll give you information based off of the information that you put into their system as far as um, location, things of that nature. Um, based on that information it will actually give you updates on different studies that you put you could participate in that are in your area mm -hmm. so that's definitely one way and you can just google um brain registry and okay. it'll come up for you um also um you could go on trialmatch.org and that's actually a database system that's regulated by the national institutes on health so the nih um, and they have um, information like contact information and some logistics on um, summary on the um, summary of the um, study. So you can go on trialmatch.org and again put in some demographic information and then just scroll through and see what you might be interested in participating in and reach out to the person from there. Um, also, if you are in the greater Baltimore area and you think that you might want to get involved in a study, again, Johns Hopkins, um, the Alzheimer's Disease Research Center has plenty of different studies. Um, definitely, they can feel free to reach out to me. Um, and if you want to reach out to me and just discuss the different options to get involved in a study, uh, my phone number is 410 2281 and I would definitely be happy to discuss um, the different studies that we have going on and um, help you get recruited into study. So we went through the other two questions that I had listed already so <laughs> I'm not going to ask those questions. Okay. So um, I'm going to ask one more bonus after this one but okay. how can people get involved in the fight to cure Alzheimer's and increase the community resources for those in need? Yeah, it definitely all starts with having that conversation. Mm -hmm. um, communication and education are definitely key. Um, a lot of people, um, a lot of changes don't happen until someone's really, the masses are really open to having that, that conversation and fighting for that change. So definitely um, spreading the word about community resources that are already um, in place, um, reaching out to your congressman or, or your senator um, and letting them know, hey, um, I see that this this bill is up to be, um, this bill is currently being evaluated and so that we can determine if it will be passed into law or not. Mm -hmm. I'm in support or I'm not in support and these are the reasons why. Um, definitely. Um, being an advocate for the cause is very important. Also, um, just being educated on the disease is really important um, because when you're educated, you do better. 
And by educating yourself, you're able to really make a change in other people's lives by educating them as well. So again, I think that it really all starts with a conversation and um, making sure that mental health and Alzheimer's in particular are no longer taboo subjects Mm -hmm. in our community. Thank you so much. So my last question is, a lot of people don't know the difference between dementia and Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And I try to tell a lot of people it's similar to cancer. Like Mm -hmm. cancer is the umbrella, but we have breast cancer, we have lung cancer, we have skin cancer Mm -hmm. and so on. And with dementia, we have Alzheimer's, frontal lobe and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, that's it's funny that you said that because I do the same thing when I'm doing educational presentations. Um, So dementia, like you said, um, it's it is similar to cancer. So dementia is the general umbrella term that we use. Mm -hmm. So um, there are actually six different forms of dementia. Um, So Alzheimer's, we currently we typically hear about Alzheimer's because it's the most common form. Um, it actually counts for about 60 to 70% of all cases of dementia, diagnosed cases of dementia. Um, and then we have the second most common cause is called vascular dementia. Yeah. So vascular dementia in particular, um, some of the warning signs are if a person has had a stroke or a series of many strokes. And the reason why vascular dementia occurs in particular is because after that person has had that stroke, the damage um, to the blood vessels Mm -hmm. has occurred in the brain because the brain wasn't able to get oxygen and blood flow during that stroke or that series of many strokes, um, causing damage. And then because of that damage, the brain isn't able to get... um, the blood vessels are constricted and mm-hmm. they're no longer able to function the way that they used to. They're not, they um, function improperly. Mm-hmm. And so the brain isn't able to get um, blood flow, oxygen, and nutrients that it needs to function um, the right way. So that's vascular dementia. Um, and then there's also something called frontotemporal dementia. So frontotemporal mm-hmm. dementia or FTD, um, they're both the same thing. Um, is actually caused by FTD is when a person, um, their frontal lobe is actually um, damaged. So the frontal lobe is what we use for um, mood regulation and also making um, insightful decisions. And because the frontal lobe has been damaged, the person um, isn't able to pick up on social cues and they're not able to... um, to use their decision very well, Mm -hmm. decision and insight very well. Um, So a good example of that would be um, if you're out with your loved one and they have FTD or frontotemporal dementia, again, it's the same thing. Um, And you're you're out to dinner and um, they literally, they look over at another person's, at another table and they walk over and start eating off of another person's plate and they don't think anything of it. Of course, we would know you just can't do that. It's socially inappropriate. Um, But for them, again, that portion of their brain is no longer functional, so they don't really think anything of it. Um, There's also something called Lewy body dementia. So Lewy body dementia actually um, attacks a person's motor skills, so they are a lot more prone to slips and falls and bumping into things because they can't really gauge how far their body is away from um, away from that object. So a good example would be if a person has Lewy body dementia and they're in their living room um, and they get up and go to the kitchen, 
they would constantly be bumping into all of their furniture in the living room um, as they make their way to the kitchen because they just can't really see or can't gauge how far away they are from the corner of the couch or the table or anything like that. Um, there's also something called Parkinson's disease dementia, mm -hmm. so that's actually caused by advanced Parkinson's disease, which has spread to the brain. Um, and unfortunately, it's causing memory loss issues and decay of the brain, the Parkinson's disease. Um, there's also, and then lastly, there's something called AIDS dementia, which is a little similar to Parkinson's disease dementia. Mm -hmm. um, AIDS dementia is caused by the HIV AIDS virus. And after an extended period of time, um, the virus unfortunately spreads to the brain, causing memory loss issues and damage to the brain. So again, um, dementia is the general term that we use for memory loss issues that inhibit your everyday lifestyle and abilities. And there are um, six different forms of dementia in particular. Now, is one more progressive than the other? I had a caregiver that was working with her father recently passed away, and he had low body dementia. Mm -hmm. And he only had it for four years. Mm -hmm. Then after that, he's now deceased. Yeah, so there's, it's not necessarily a situation where um, one form of, the, of dementia is more mm -hmm. progressive than another. It's really a situation where um, it's a situation of age. So what I mean by that is if a person is in their, I would, I would, in their 80s, and they end up being diagnosed with Alzheimer's or another form of dementia. Um, it's a lot more progressive mm -hmm. um, in that situation because um, the person is older. Um, so with that being said, their body really goes through a lot of rapid changes mm -hmm. and their body can't really take it as well as a younger person would be able to. Um, and on top of that, you're already older, so you, your life expectancy is a lot less than right. if you were age 60 and mm -hmm. diagnosed. Um, so again, it's not necessarily a situation where if you have Lewy body dementia or AIDS dementia, it's a lot more progressive mm -hmm. than Alzheimer's. It's more so when the person was diagnosed and also what stage that person was diagnosed um, in when they did get the confirmation that they had Alzheimer's or um, Lewy body dementia or any of the other forms of um, dementia. Thank you so much for all that great information. Uh, thank you so much for all that great information. This was such a great conversation. Thanks for inviting me in and believing in my brand to just come in and bring in those amazing resources that people need. Like we need to talk about it, sit down, have a conversation because we treat it as taboo within our community. And if we don't face it now, it's going to become more prevalent, mm -hmm. progressive, and just take over. Definitely, definitely. Well, thank you for having me. Also, I do want to say, just going off of what you just said, um, especially in the African-American community, um, church is very important and a relationship yes. with God definitely um, is a big thing. Um, but I do want to say, and I hope that I don't anger anyone when I say this, I'm saying this Disclaimer, out of love. Disclaimer, okay. <laughs> I'm saying this out of love, but um, a 
praying is definitely prayer definitely changes things don't get me wrong it definitely does and it's very very important um the whole book of psalms in the bible is about prayer um but with that being said you still have to do your due diligence um you can't especially with this disease you can't just pray it away um so what i mean by that is you can't just um ask god to give you your brain back to give you your memory back I'm not saying that he won't do it because God can do anything that he wants. But at the same time, you have to do your due diligence and make sure that if you are diagnosed with the disease, that you get diagnosed earlier so that you can have a better quality of life as opposed to just putting it off and praying about Mm -hmm. it and putting it off. And then you're in the late stages of the disease and you have no, um, no help and you don't know you're at that point where you can't really make any decisions. So, um, and then it's also important to make sure that um, you have a good quality of health as well. I know that um, diabetes in particular runs rampant in both the African-American and Latino communities. Yes, it does. And that's actually one of the um, big risk factors for mm-hmm. Alzheimer's disease. Um, it's it's um, diabetes, heart disease, and also high cholesterol. Hypertension and hypertension right. as well. Um, so all of those things, if you do have um, one or a combination of those things, of those um, health conditions, it's very important to get it managed and under control, whether that's through um, medication or a healthy diet or lifestyle changes, anything of the sort. Um, so again, definitely keep praying because it definitely helps, but you still need to do, um, you have to put action behind that 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 prayer that you're submitting up to the big man so and i again sorry if that offended anyone that wasn't my intention but don't give us a thumbs down okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah but thank you so much for everyone that tuned in we'll talk about prevention soon for now i want you all to be happy work out and just live your best life and don't overindulge in bad stuff talk to you next sunday